Welcome to the Iconic Mindset Podcast with John Abola and Calvin Stovall. This is the only place that uncovers the multiple levels of iconic businesses and brands. Every episode reveals the secrets behind what it takes to make your business, idea, or movement iconic. Now, here is John and Calvin. Hey, Calvin. Good morning, John. How you doing? This is going to be our first Iconic Mindset podcast. This is it. Episode number one. Yeah. We made it. Excited we made about it. it. I'm excited too. I'm excited to be partnering with you. It's going to be fun. You too. Sure will. So Calvin, what, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about COVID-19 and, and iconic brands. Um, we're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> the, what, you know, what the pandemic has brought out of some of the most beloved brands um, that we spend our dollars with day to day. Yeah, no, it's a it's a timely topic for sure. I know there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, I think we've all seen some good examples, but those bad and those ugly examples, man, <laughs> those companies, iconic brands, they got to hold that reputation high. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so much has happened. We still have a lot going on. You know, this, you know, it started, you know, in March, you know, as the spread of the coronavirus accelerated, you know, it overwhelmed, you know, our medical system and pretty much decimating our communities, you know, all American business pretty much came to a halt. You know, restaurant owners, they laid off hundreds of workers, hotel chains, you know, they instituted furloughs and supermarkets tried to keep up with the sudden demand for toilet paper. You couldn't find toilet paper anywhere, man. <laughs> it was a little crazy. It's a little yeah. crazy. But here we are two months later, um, you know, and I, I think all of us will agree we've made some progress. But the pandemic, it continues, you know, even as some businesses and communities, you know, we're starting to reopen. COVID-19 is still threatens, you know, future closures and could potentially dress the economy into a near certain recession. It is by most accounts, I think all of us will agree, pretty much the threat of our lifetime, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, however, I think on a good on a good note, um, what COVID-19 also brought with it was some of our most beloved brands stepping up to make a difference. You know, these good companies that, I mean, they came in all shapes and sizes um, and they shouldered responsibilities that went far beyond meeting earnings targets and, and satisfying shareholders. Uh, I would probably venture to say these brands sought to disrupt the bad. They tipped the balance to create change for the better, you know, better for the planet, you know, for the customers and for their employees during these unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. But, um, there's also an opposite side of the coin. Absolutely. <laughs> As you mentioned earlier, you know, <laughs> you know, we had some companies behaving rather badly. You know, the brand mask, <laughs> they came off, no pun intended. And, and their true colors, you know, they were revealed. You know, these bad and ugly companies, you know, some of them dodged responsibility, demonstrated a lack of empathy towards their employees. And some companies really lured people into small hits of dopamine in return for harvesting data. Um, so, you know, as our listeners were here today, COVID-19, I, I just, you know, I, I think this is a good topic because it did bring out the good, the bad and the ugly in some of the some of the iconic companies and brands that we know. Yeah. Wow. Well, well said, Calvin. Spot on. Uh, there are plenty of examples of good, but there's also plenty of examples of the bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Iconic companies around the nation, around the world have experienced this unprecedented time. Uh, but, you know, the root cause has been universal. It's uh, been COVID-19. We've all yeah. been experiencing uh, a t- pandemic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's 
don't get me wrong. You know, every business has their own unique situation. Right. But in, in the words of a, one of those famous philosophers, uh, it's not what happens to you, but it's how you react yeah. to it is what oh, matters. Perfect, perfect quote. Perfect you know, quote. We've, we've seen the news. We've seen the retail sales even last month plunge double what it did in uh, March. Travel spending is down. Iconic brands have furloughed most of their employees. And we've even seen some recent large brands like Neiman Marcus and JCPenney filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yeah, I just saw that. So, Kelvin, tell us, man, how... How are these brands responding? Give us some. Give us some good. Yeah, we need some. some we need some good news. Well, I, I think we have um, some great examples. Um, some brands, I think, with you know, did a great job uh, trying to react to it. And 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 one of the brands I think that did an exceptional job at it um, was Uber. I think we all, you know, a lot of people weren't traveling, um, you know, using Uber because we had to stay at home order. But even in that case, you know, if you were still on the road. Um, you know, Uber were providing, you know, critical services during this period, like getting, you know, essential workers to their jobs and, and getting food to people at home, you know, that people were using Grubhub and things of that nature. And, you know, what they've done is that they've, they've invested a lot of money, you know, in their drivers to try to make sure that they're prepared, like $50 million on supplies for their drivers, such as face masks, um, hand sanitizer and, and, and bleach wipes. But what I thought was also cool, they've actually uh, provided financial assistance to drivers and delivery people diagnosed with COVID-19 or ordered to self-quarantine or self-isolate by a doctor or public health authority. Um, I thought that was that was pretty cool. That is cool. I've heard, and you probably have heard the same, Uber's also done uh, free delivery for food, uh, free rides for healthcare workers, mm -hmm. uh, really stepped it up to to help those in need, and especially those frontline workers that, that need it the most and need to get into work to, to help those in need. Yeah, yeah, they're making they're making some changes to how they do business too. Um, you know, I know we talk about the iconic framework. One of the things um, I talk about the first quadrant around purpose. And um, it, it feels like they're trying to do some things to try to, um, you know, flatten that curve um, starting in, I think, mid-May. Um, only three passengers are going to be allowed in each vehicle across this entire product line. So they're taking some wow. responsibility um, around this whole pandemic and trying to make sure they do the right thing. Yeah. Man, that's what it's all about, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. Now, you, you mentioned the uh, the first P there. Uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I have what I like to call the the four P's of iconicity. There it is. There it is. It's no <laughs> longer uh, product yeah. placement. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, yeah, I know those. I know those. But no, I, it's, it's the four P's of iconicity, like I, I like to talk about, is purpose, people, passion, and perseverance. Um, those are the four quadrants in a nutshell. And um, I think to be iconic, you need to hit all four of those. And as the examples we talk about today, I'll try to mention what P they, they you know, they hit on. And I think mm -hmm. in this case of Uber, um, purpose was, purpose. it was a higher purpose for them. They wanted to try to not just be about money and profit. And, you know, one of the cool things I thought Uber um, did during this pandemic, they actually, and you probably saw it, they actually created an ad to to tell people not to ride Uber, um, to just try to stay at home. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I know we've talked a little bit about uh, Chobani as well, the yogurt company. Oh man, man, let's talk about some giving back. Oh man, Chobani! <laughs> huh? Wow, you know they're they're a Greek yogurt company. Um, they're based out of New York. 
Um, these guys donated actually uh, more than 35,000 Shabani products uh, to the hard hit uh, New Rochelle community in their home state of New York. Uh, but, but not only that, they, they actually have a partnership with the governor there and with Feeding America Winchester and the New York National Guard. Um, they're actually distributing yogurt, oh, yogurt, I'm sorry, oat beverages and dairy creamers to those in that containment area and particularly those who count on the school system um, to feed their kids. And wow. And New York's one of the hardest places that was been <laughs> yeah, hit shit with hard. COVID-19. Yeah, and there they are in the heart of it. Wow. Yeah, yeah they're in the middle of it. And actually what the, I thought was one of the coolest things they did um, is they actually redirected the focus of their Chobani Cafe in Soho and turned it into a temporary food pantry hmm. uh, where employers are giving away free Chobani products. Um, they've been doing it since the last, you know, last week of April, which I thought was cool that the cafe is actually open twice a week. Uh, for the foreseeable future to give free products and support families and food bank workers. Incredible, man. Incredible. Incredible. That's what it's all about. You know, building that lasting emotional connection with your customers. You know, you're stepping it up, you're in a time of need. And we talk about that in the iconic framework as well. It's the importance of being authentic, you know, Mm -hmm. creating those moments of impact, which we'll talk more about on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, what is Chobani? It means shepherd, doesn't it? A shepherd is uh, what it translates to. Yes, it does, man. To to live out the name, uh, what shepherd to you, being a shepherd to your customers, supporting them in a worldwide crisis. Truly, truly inspiring. That is inspiring. They're, they're, they're probably out of the examples we're going to talk about today, John. Um, I think all of them, the ones, the good ones, um, are doing some great things. But I think Chobani took the purpose, that first P, and really, really lived it out <laughs> uh, from a brand standpoint. Um, as you mentioned, Chobani does. It's, it's actually a Turkish word for shepherd, um, and it means giving back as giving well. Back. So, you know, wow. so nationally, they're sending a truck a day to deliver products to food banks across the country where it's needed most. So they've already donated more than 1 million cups of yogurt across the U.S. Hmm. I gotta, I gotta say it. That's iconic. That's iconic. (laughs) (laughs) That's iconic for sure. (laughs) Uh, You know, another area too, I've noticed uh, talking about giving back and, and refunding, you know, banks and financial institutions are also stepping up for their customers. I've seen uh, stories of Bank of America, Wells Fargo. They're refunding overdraft fees, deferring mortgage payments. They're issuing refunds for late fees, suspending foreclosures. They're even helping with repossessions. You know, it's uh, unbelievable to see this. They're coming back and helping those in need, trying to add a little bit more money in in others' uh, you know accounts while while they're struggling here. Uh, Insurance is another one, Calvin. We can talk about you know fewer drivers, fewer accidents. Right? That's good. That's good. Insurance (laughs) companies are stepping up. They're giving money back. Uh, Liberty Mutual, fifteen percent refund on the last two months if you're an auto insurance customer. Wow. American Family Insurance is another one. They're giving customers fifty dollars back for every insured vehicle on their plan. It just shows another way these companies, uh, regardless of the industry, there's an opportunity here to step up and and help out. Oh, that's awesome. You know, another industry that's doing a quite job, quite a good job at that um, are the 60 of the nation's largest Internet service providers, um, you know, including large providers like AT&T, Comcast, Cox, uh, T-Mobile, Sprint and Verizon. They signed a pledge in mid-March with the FCC to waive okay. fees and avoid implementing service interruptions for people and small businesses who cannot pay over the, you know, the next 60 days. 
Um, they also pledge to make Wi-Fi hotspots available around the country um, free as well. So they're another segment wow. that's also doing some great things during this pandemic. Yeah. And, and imagine every, everybody working from home, you know, Wi-Fi, internet, phone, cell. It's so important to communicate with others, friends and family, FaceTime. You get on online, Zoom, those that you love, those you miss. It's great mm-hmm. to see these companies stepping up and, and helping those that need that access to reach their family and friends. Yeah, that's I think that's awesome. Um, you know, one of the one of the you know, I have a one of the industries that's near and dear um, to my heart um, is the hospitality industry as well. Um, yes. You know, I, I know have, you have a lot of background in hospitality, have a lot of background in hospitality, you know, worked for Hilton worldwide for a long time. Man, um, they've been hit so hard. They've been you know, hit hard. We got I think yeah. of all the industries that travel, tourism, hotels, air, airlines, whew, yeah. they've been hit. They've yeah, been hit. restaurants as well. But but even but even in in situations like this, I think some some of the hospitality, some of our best hotel brands have stepped up and tried to do some great things to help during this time as well. One of my favorites, of course, I want to go ahead and talk about is Hilton. Uh, I was going to um, say, we got to talk about Hilton. <laughs> I got to talk about Hilton and start with them. What I thought was very cool, because as you probably know, um, one of the biggest things that um, is going to be a challenge for the hospitality industry is um, having customers feel comfortable coming back into a space um, around cleanliness. And people want to feel like that, you know, the, the hotels have, have taken the time and cleaned the rooms properly so people can feel safe and they're disinfecting properly and doing all of those things. And Hilton has done a great job. They've actually partnered with um, Lysol as well as the Mayo Clinic um, to better ensure cleanliness in these hotels. And I, I think this is cool. I think Hilton recently were in, was in, I think it was Fortune, like one of the best companies to work for. Um, I think it was like number one. Um, so I, I, in that in that segment, so I think that is that's awesome that they're they're continuing to do things to to keep that iconic status. Um, but they have a program called Hilton Clean Stay with Lysol protection, and according to um, their CEO um, Chris Nasetta, you know he said Hilton Clean Stay was developed to meet evolving consumer expectations during the COVID nineteen pandemic. To to roll out an initiative like that. And, and make a promise like that to customers is a, is a very, very brave thing to do. You know, speaking of uh, cleanliness in hotels, a little personal story there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and we've got the Peabody Hotel. And uh, for a birthday present for my wife, celebrating a big birthday. <laughs> yeah, she we won't say which you one better not is, say it on here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for her, I gave her a night away from the kids. And, uh, we, you know, we were a little nervous about sending her to a hotel for a night. But I'm telling wow. you, she walked into the Peabody and it was clean. You know, there were there was actually an individual stationed at the elevator that was wiping down after every person wow. uh, would either use a, a finger or elbow uh, to push their respective floor. Uh, everything completely clean. There were people wiping down the carts uh, for luggage. She walks into her room, immaculate condition. Everything is just a thorough and well, well taken care of. So, and I'm, I'm sure there's hotels around around the world that are taking those same precautions to get customers back in the door. There was one one other company that I've been wanting to touch on. I think we all uh, have 
turn to some of our uh, adult beverages. But, <laughs> uh, w- one of those companies being Bacardi. And, you know, I just found Bacardi uh, to be an interesting story, uh, really to take a product that they have, you know, really at their fingertips, what, what they're known for, for, which is alcohol. Um, but they've been able to turn their resources into producing hand sanitizer. And they've committed to supply enough alcohol to produce over 250,000 gallons of hand sanitizer. It's a great story to take a take a company that has a product and they're being able to amplify their story. They're being unique. And they're using that to help others. And that is around you know, supplying hand sanitizer. Mm. That's cool. That's cool. So anyway. But that don't mean you can drink it. A little bit. Yeah. That don't mean you can don't drink, drink it. Yo, don't drink yeah, it. Don't drink it. It's not a shot. It's not a shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's yeah, not what you sand. want to do, right? <laughs> no, no. It might have a Bacardi label on it, but don't, don't, <laughs> don't drink it. <laughs> that's funny, man. But you know, oh, since you man. mentioned that, uh, let's, let's, I want to stay on the good a little bit for okay, a okay. seconds more. Since you yeah. mentioned that actually another um, company called Autobell, it's a car wash brand. Um, I think they're the fifth largest car wash company. Um, they got 86 locations in North and South Carolina. Um, they're in Virginia, Georgia, and Maryland. But they actually shifted their focus and moved from washing cars to providing an essential vehicle interior disinfectant service to help just flatten the, the coronavirus curve. Um, they actually were looking into doing this during the fall, but um, when this problem happened, you know, when this pandemic happened, they actually decided to push it up to March um, to protect Auto Bell team members and the driving public from the outbreak. These guys, you know, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. So they're, they're, they're actually, of course, they're still washing cars. But Carl Howard, who's their COO, I mean, he said, you know, in a quote, he just says, we are no longer primarily a car wash. We are a cleaning and disinfecting company helping slow the spread of coronavirus, serving everyone from police departments to postal workers to medical personnel. Um, And so since they've instituted this service, they actually have disinfected more than 62,000 vehicles um, across their car washes. So, um, and, and for essential workers, it's free. Wow. That's awesome. And you think about that, you know, getting in your car, you know, driving steering wheel, changing gears, you're constantly touching things. So to be able to walk into a car that's been fully sanitized and then hit the front line. Mm -hmm. Great idea. That is, I I was really, you know, I've been thinking about this and um, you know, in the iconic framework, when you talk about the second quadrant, which is people. And I talk about connecting with not only your customers, but connecting with your people internally, um, people that work for you. This is one of those cases where, uh, with AutoBell, of course, their their internal team is going to be grateful for what their company is showing and caring and showing empathy for them. But think about the brand loyalty that some of these essential workers are going to have to AutoBell after this is over. That's right. Um, you know, That's it right. may be comp- it may be um, employee. I mean, customers that may have never gone to an AutoBell but might have heard that they were doing this for free. Yep, went there to get their car disinfected. Check it out, and they're sure. going to keep coming back. Um, and I think that is a, a level of connectedness that uh, brands need to try to have during this during this this pandemic because you could potentially create brand loyalty through just trying to help people. You know what I mean? That's right. And, and gaining new customers at the same time. Yeah, I, you know I, you're. You're not going out for that, but it's a, it's an extra benefit of now having a re- return customer coming back in when this all settles down. Another another good brand that 
I think demonstrated a good job at showing compassion and empathy um, with their employees. Um, as you know, as we were talking about the the hotel industry, you know, Marriott CEO Arnie Sorensen, you know, they they've laid off a lot of people. So on March 20th, he actually spoke directly to his employees in a remarkably candid video message. Um, he had just completed chemotherapy and had no hair. Wow. So nonetheless, you know, he chose to to do a video so that he could deliver the news face to face to to his team. And um, so he had to cut, you know, even after the company's business had been cut by as much as 75 percent in many of the markets, he knew that cutting his staff was going to be inevitable, but he committed to doing it, you know, face to face and demonstrating compassion. So they, they actually furloughed two thirds of his 4000 employees um, at their corporate headquarters, and, and which is pretty much a lot of his U.S. workers. Wow. Wow. Man, inspiring story, though. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, I know we talked about big brands. I mean, you know, we could go on always thinking big brands are iconic, but you could be a small brand too and do some Absolutely. Um, yeah. And- you were telling me the other day about what was it, a dumpling company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little dumpling is called, you know, Cali dumpling delivery. Um, yeah. They, they actually, yeah. For a flat fee of $10, um, the service will deliver hand folded dumplings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, you put your order in 24 hours in advance and all the profits go to employees in the hospitality industry who have lost their jobs. And the company has been able to hire back 10 of their people so far. And it's sent checks and groceries to 40 others. So Man, I mean, you're telling you could- <laughs> me small little dumpling company on yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays is giving all their profits back to frontline workers. Yeah. I thought that was That's awesome. Something. That just That's demonstrates something. being iconic. It's not about size. It's about yeah. what your what's your purpose. Yeah. What's well, let's connected. give them some love. What's the name of that the company again? Uh, it is called Cali Dumpling Delivery. They're actually located in Irvine, California. But that that totally demonstrates that you don't have to be a huge brand to make an impact. Um, no, you don't. And, and show that you can be iconic. So I thought that was wonderful. So Calvin, is it time? Who who is just not getting it? Calvin, come on, man. Oh <laughs> man. The the ugly. I, I found a statistic before we go into specific names um, that somebody did some research. I can't re- recall the source, but seventy. It says seventy one percent of customers say if they perceive that a brand is putting profit over people, they will lose trust in that brand forever. And I think that's the perfect example um, of of when you're, you're right. ugly. When you're ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. Well, li- listen to this, but, you know, based on that quote. So there's a, a company, uh, WeWork. It's a, a company that re- rents, you know, remote workspaces. So if you need a, a space to work, you rent a, rent a, a cube or, or a particular area of the building. And talking about profit over people, uh, WeWork has decided, though, shut down. Lo- doors are locked. They're still collecting rent from their tenants. No, the company is doing all they can to avoid refunding the tenants. They're even instructing their staff on how to claim that its services are essential when they're getting these calls for refunds so that they don't have to refund those tenants. So I'm not even sure if that's legal. Don't want to go there. But to your point, 
profit over people. Do you think when their contracts are up, the individuals that have been renting workspaces for WeWork are actually going to renew their contract? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they'd rather work from home or, you know, make do with what they have or find a competitor. But, you know, in a national pandemic where you're forced to close your doors and you're still charging people for space that they cannot physically use, that's, that's profit over people. Not, that is. not acceptable. And and even just like just like we work, um, you know, they're charging people, <laughs> trying to charge them rent. Uh, you know, during a time when cash-strapped families are forced to stay at home and stretch the limits of our, our internet plans, a company called Suddenly Communications, they're profiting off of data overage charges <laughs> while people are forced to stay at home. So they're another company that's putting profit over people. Wow. Now, once this is over, do you think they're going to stay with Sudden Link Communications? <laughs> Probably not. No, no. T- <laughs> time to move on. Another company is PetSmart. You know, they've been in some, PetSmart's been in some trouble too, you know, and have some upset workers, you know, and they were putting putting their people at risk, um, I believe, you know, by reopening their dog grooming salons, which they call quote unquote essential, you know, and, and they had something called... So you can get your dogs ready for spring with a new do. Come wow. on, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, come on now, Pet Smart. Yeah. Not, yeah. not so smart, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, not so smart. What about, what about, what about our friends at Hobby Lobby? Oh, man. Hobby Lobby. <laughs> you yeah. had to bring up Hobby Lobby. <laughs> yes, I did. You, you know, know, these guys, it's unfortunate, but I just seems seems they're always in the news. You know, one, mm-hmm. one thing after another, mm-hmm. uh, there's even a Wikipedia page that serves as a log for the scandals that oh, wow. Hobby wow. Lobby has been involved in over the years. Yeah, that's bad. Um, you know, they, they actually stayed open and they got criticized. Yeah. They didn't want to pay their employees and they stayed open. Check this out because the CEO uh, said that his wife prayed about it. Now, yeah, just, yeah, I heard I'm the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She said she received word from God in a dream to stay open <laughs> yeah, during, not- during COVID-19. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm a spiritual man, but I, I think uh, in this case, uh, you, you don't yeah, want to make people work yeah, yeah, uh, yes. when, they, when they're at risk. Spreading like the virus uh, may, may be opposite of what we should all be doing right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, some of the other companies, O'Reilly's Auto Parts, you know, um, some of their employees were upset saying... Uh, they stayed open because they felt like they were they were selling essential items, but their employees were upset because people were coming in buying things that were not even essential. <laughs> that's right. You know, and they're like, why you are know? we staying here? You know, and then, so again, that's one of those situations where you know you got to think about your people and 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 that's why right. you're why you're wanting to stay open. You know. Yeah, and I love this one too. Speaking of essential businesses, you know, you know, maybe Calvin, maybe essentials all relative. You know, this GameStop, for example, right? Video games. I could I could make an argument for essential. Oh yeah, so can my two boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, at a, at a time when many non-essential businesses were forced to close, GameStop to make matters worse reportedly told employees to wrap their hands in plastic bags and keep working. Oh, come on. <laughs> no Are gloves, no problem. Pull out a GameStop plastic bag and get back on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Man. I can't even believe they let that get printed in, in the press. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. You know, 
people may or may not be rushing out for the latest game, but at the same time, you can't treat your employees like that and telling them to put on plastic bags to help their customers. You know, it's funny how some 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 companies have been able, you know, of course, a lot of the economy and businesses were shut down or close to shutting down and the yeah. hotel industry suffered. It's funny how some organizations actually thrived during the pandemic, like, you know, Peloton and yeah. Um, you know, Netflix, Amazon, Walmart. Um, but even even while they're thriving, um, they also can, they get in trouble as well. As you know, Amazon is 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 having some issues, and and you know, I think somebody at one of their um, warehouses actually died. I think the guy named George Lay, um, who worked at a facility in Long Island, he died of complications from coronavirus in in early April, um, and so. You know, what's happening now is a lot of consumers wanting Amazon to be more transparent because I guess Amazon's not sharing enough information about how many people are sick, how many people have died. And actually, a coalition of 13 attorney generals um, in Massachusetts actually sent a letter to Amazon pressing for stronger you know, measures to protect their the health and safety of their workers amid the pandemic. So, you know, even though Amazon is thriving, I'm sure a lot of oh, people yeah. are using Amazon. E-commerce e um, is on the rise. Yeah, it is, um, you know, but you can still, um, by some of your actions, demonstrate profitable yeah, people. Absolutely. Um, you know, so that's a, Amazon. It's like a love-hate relationship there, you know. Yeah, you hate to hear that too. Yeah, yeah. you hate to hear it. Um, you know, speaking of some of those other larger brands, you look at cruise lines. Oh, wow. You know, cruise ships, there's still crew members, over 100,000 crew members living on boats, sailing, just sitting dockside or traveling back and forth um, because these employees, they can't get home due to the, the pandemic. And so you've got dozens of ships and we're not talking, you know, brands that you may not hear of. We're talking the big boys, Carnival, Royal Caribbean. They've got crew members who cannot return home. They've been living on their ships and many of them are no longer receiving paychecks. Oh, you know, ima no imagine way. sitting in one of those interior staterooms, no windows for over two months. Just absolutely unacceptable. Wow. That's crazy. It's really a shame. Um, you know, and, and like you said, I think you said earlier, some of the companies, you know, they have to do, you know, depending on their specific situation, they have to make some pretty yeah. drastic decisions. But when 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 you have a situation like that with employees and people out on ships for that long, it's got yeah. to be it's, it's just painful. It's people's lives. It's people's you know, lives. it's lives. And there's been mm -hmm. talk about, you know, private jets to get these people home or or depending on where they live uh, within distance of a helicopter, but there just hasn't seemed to be a lot of movement. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. these, these ships, they, the coronavirus is just, that's where one of the, the major news stories that came out in the beginning was some of these cruise ships that were bringing in people and having to be quarantined. And now you've got crew members just sitting there. It's just, my heart goes out to them all. It's, it's yeah. a shame. Yeah, I know. You know, what's really um, one of the things that I think some of these brands forget is that, social media allow people to keep track of what's going on. Oh yeah. Um, that's right. Know, um, people can get on a keyboard and, and, and either, you know, praise you or slam you in the, in a few keystrokes, you know, and, for, and for some businesses, um, the downside of, of the reputation of, of making some of these moves can really impact you in the long term. 
Yeah. And it can, it can travel fast, like oh, yeah. wildfire fast, you know, mm-hmm. one, one individual that, you know, maybe has a couple hundred followers makes a strong enough point. And now, uh, that message is circle, you know, yes. circle, circle mm-hmm. the globe. Yeah, that's right. And I, you know, it, the good thing, some of these organizations that, you know, they, they, they get the message after they've been, um, exposed on social media. I mean, even in the case of Amazon, although it's, it's a negative situation they're dealing with. I mean, they're trying to make some moves. They're they're spending more than eight hundred million dollars in, um, you know, on safety measures. Um, a hundred and fifty process updates. Um, they're distributing personal protective gear such as masks for employees, implementing disinfectant spraying and temperature checks across operations. So, you know, despite the the, the negative press they're getting, they're they're they've. I think the the public has caused them to make some positive changes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Calvin, we talked about a lot today. You know, we touched on the good, we hit the bad, we hit the ugly. Uh, why don't we do a little recap for our listeners and maybe touch on a couple key points as, as some takeaways. Let's go. Four iconic points that I would like to share. I guess my number one is, um, I think it was he demonstrated, is to stay true to your brand's or company's purpose. Um, I think we, with, with um, Chobani, uh, some of the other brands we mentioned, um, you know, you st- stick with your brand purpose and what your brand stands for, even in tough times. You know, the iconic brands that stepped up were about more than just making a profit. I mean, they clearly demonstrated that they were in business for a higher purpose to ultimately create change for the better, you know, for planning, for the customers and for their employees. Um, second, customers will remember when you behave badly. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned that social cover. media megaphone earlier. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. They will the remember. Forget, yeah, they won't forget when you put profits over people. Um, treating your employees like cogs in a wheel or quote unquote expendable or even demonstrating a lack of empathy for their well-being is not an iconic move. Number three, um, your customers are watching every single thing that you do. And as you mentioned, they have that megaphone and they will instantly share with the world how you either helped or hindered their lives. We work. <laughs> have you heard that? <laughs> and one more thing. This is just a bonus iconic point, which is saying nothing in times of crisis can also be detrimental to an iconic brand. Oof, that's powerful. You know, at its core, I truly believe, and I'm sure you will agree, John, being iconic is all about creating and delivering memorable customer experiences. I believe customers will also remember when you said or did nothing in a time of crisis. There's a quote called, that's a quote. It says, no response is a response. That's right. And it's a powerful one. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember that. That's right. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. No, no decision is also a decision. No response. Yes, sir. Still no response. You know, it's a, it's a response. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, I think you summarized everything perfectly. You know, honestly, Calvin, I couldn't agree more. And what I loved about today is it all boils that boils down to those four P's: purpose, yeah, passion, people, and perseverance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, you know, I think again. Um, our objective here and through these podcasts that we're going to do going forward, we, of course, will hit on some of those pieces harder than others. But when you really sum it up, you got to have all four to be iconic. Man, I can't wait for our next one. I, I think we need to talk about maybe something around iconic, innovative brands. What, what do you think about that? I love that. I love that. I think that'll be a great episode. Um, the, the, 
Some brands are doing some very innovative things. A lot of them had to pivot with this pandemic too. So I think that's going to make a great conversation. So I'm looking forward to that one um, and, and, and being back with you again for the next episode. And I got I to tee you up one more. If, let's say our listeners want to find out more, maybe a little bit more research on those four Ps. We mentioned the iconic framework. Where, where, where can they find more out about us? Oh, all you got to do is go to iconicpresentations.net. And, and the iconic framework is there. And, and if you want to learn more, just all of the information is right there for you to read. That's right. Our contact information is available as well. So, Calvin, I guess until next time, don't, don't just, just be, be, be iconic. iconic. Thank you, man. <laughs>